Welcome to the Consecrating Your Life podcast. Today, my guest is my beautiful friend, Larkin Swain. Larkin has very recently been converted to Jesus Christ and has started coming to church again after years of inactivity. Her story is so, so good, and I'm so excited to share it with you today. Do you just want to tell me your story from the beginning? From the beginning? Yeah. Which beginning? There's been so many. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. You interpret that however you want. Okay. Okay, okay so I was raised um, going to church. Mm-hmm. Um, in Utah, right? In Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, attending the LDS church. I was baptized. Um, seven kids, so big family. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we... God was always a really big part of my life and in the life of my family members. So I was really blessed to be raised to develop a a real intimate relationship with God and with Jesus. And I always felt that connection in a real way. And then life kind of happened and and some really hard and challenging things happened in my life. Mm And I just got really lost. How old were you when you got lost? Yeah, I was about 16. Mm -hmm. I dealt with mental health challenges from Mm -hmm. a pretty early age. Mm -hmm. Um, Depression and anxiety have always been a part of my life for pretty much as long as I can remember. That kind of just started getting worse and worse um, as different things happened in my life. And... um, I was just in so much pain and I was angry and I wanted to feel freedom. Mm -hmm. I felt so um, trapped. Mm -hmm. So I went looking for it in all the wrong places, really. Yeah, so I I left the church when I was 16 and I kind of went on my own journey and I was always seeking. Um, I've always felt so passionate about spirituality and that that was such a huge part of my identity Mm -hmm. so I I was always seeking that in some way I got involved in yoga and meditation and eastern philosophies and um, despite all of my pain and my anger I was also simultaneously always looking for God I went through a pretty dark period where I yeah I was I was really lost I was um probably at, at the worst point I was became addicted to drugs mm. um I was doing a lot of that a lot of partying a lot of just trying to escape basically mm-hmm. like there was just this pain inside of me and um I didn't want to feel it and I didn't know how to cope really mm-hmm. um eventually like I left the United States I it was this constant wanting to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, and I woke up one morning and I was like, I'm just going to go. Like, I always wanted to travel. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of just hit a point where I couldn't do it any here anymore. I just felt that there was nothing left for me here. Mm-hmm. So I um, packed up and I left with a one-way ticket to Indonesia. And I planned to move to Bali and then just, like, see what would happen. And I thought maybe I would be gone, like six months to a year and after six months I moved to Thailand and I lived there for a year that was when 
my conversion happened, mm-hmm. the most unexpected thing mm-hmm. I could have possibly imagined. It was so not the trajectory I was on at all. I was so sure of myself. I was so just full of pride, really. Like, I really thought that I knew and um, I went really, really deep into different spiritual practices. I was, you know, hours every day put put into like different meditations and I was doing plant medicines and I was um, just like all in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really into energy work and, I, you know, my intention always was to heal and to help others to heal. I... I just needed to heal and I was looking for that in so many different areas and hoping, you know, I was learning so much along the way and I was wanting to use what I learned to help other people heal, but heal, you know, it was interesting. I found myself on this little island in Thailand and um, it's kind of this mecca for self-development, mm-hmm. this place I found myself. People would come from all over the world and everyone was really similar in this deep need and desire for healing there's a lot of people who got into eastern philosophy and life coaching and every you know healing modality you could think of in the alternative realm um and you know it was amazing like i was just free to do whatever i wanted and explore and learn what i wanted Mm -hmm. and i didn't have a job and i was just living on in what looked like paradise really Mm -hmm. from the outside so many people I'm sure this, you know, would only ever dream of living in a place like this, you know, white sandy beaches, crystal clear, blue water, palm trees, and the freedom to do whatever I wanted. Yeah, so I, you know, this community that I was living in, everyone was really dedicated to their spiritual practices and really dedicated to self-development and healing and truly wanted that for themselves and for the world and we all had that in common Mm -hmm. and but you know it was interesting because as I was there longer and time went on I realized that none of us were really getting anywhere Mm -hmm. sure we were learning and and growing in different ways but yet it kind of felt like we were all on this hamster wheel Mm -hmm. and frantically running reaching trying to capture something Mm -hmm. but never arriving yeah and um in fact it felt like for a lot of us we were the opposite was happening we were going so deep in in obsessing and and trying so hard and i didn't feel god Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. um at all and yet I was dedicating all of my time and energy towards spirituality and towards healing and what my understanding of God was. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I kind of just, I reached this point where I started to slowly reach this point where I realized this is not going to work. Like something's just, this is just, I'm never going to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm constantly chasing something and yeah i'm i'm feeling more and more lost as time goes on mm-hmm. i had i started to have this really really interesting experience um i was so not interested in christ and religion and the bible and anything like that and no one around me was either mm-hmm. there was not a church on this island there was 
no, no Christians that I was aware of, but I started to hear this voice inside my head and this voice would say to me that there's something more and that I'm missing it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the whole world needs healing Mm -hmm. desperately like yesterday. And, but the whole world isn't able to leave, you know, travel abroad and go live on an island and spend all their time and energy seeking and healing, you know, trying to heal themselves. Like, it's just not practical. And yet, the us who are really lucky to just have this freedom to spend all of our time on this are still not getting it. Mm-hmm. It's still not enough. Mm-hmm. And I've never met people more dedicated to healing Mm -hmm. yeah I felt this this voice tell me that there's something more and that it can be immediate we could kind of bypass all of this all of these steps Mm -hmm. and experience this freedom immediately Mm -hmm. and I just I kept seeing Christ in my mind Mm -hmm. and I, I, I kept seeing this image of him on the cross and it was so weird because I, that's just not, like, I would not have chosen to think those things, to consider him, mm-hmm. but he was choosing me and mm-hmm. he was coming to me and calling me. Mm-hmm. And um, it started to get louder and louder and I just couldn't ignore it. And I, at the time, was in, I was dating someone I had a partner and we were living together and Mm -hmm. we were like really deep and we had all these future plans together and I had no intentions of moving back to the United States and Mm -hmm. I had this whole life that I had built and it was my whole life Mm -hmm. and my whole identity and um I felt it starting to slip away Mm -hmm. and um I panicked it was so terrifying and I ended up leaving this island I Um, left my partner and I moved to this little mountain village up in the very northern end of Thailand and you know stayed in this tiny tiny little bungalow and I kind of went on this sort of sabbatical and I um, just sat in silence Mm -hmm. and you know I was feeling so terrified of it felt like everything was kind of crumbling and simultaneously it felt like the world was falling apart Mm -hmm. you know this is this was this was about in january um and you know so there's everything with covid and i my thoughts at that point were i'm there's i'm not going to go to the back to the united states anytime soon i don't want to be there and perhaps i may never see my family again Mm -hmm. um i was so caught up in this world that i was living in Mm -hmm. And that was so terrifying for me. And um, one day, one night, um, I kind of just surrendered truly for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. And I I fell on my knees and I was so full of anguish and despair and terror, really. I was so afraid and I was so humbled by this. Mm -hmm. And I just started to pray. And at that point, I did not believe in a God outside of myself a, or a heavenly father. I was in my mind. Um, we were all God and there was no one to pray to, mm. which is a very terrifying place to be. Um, <laughs> it's very lonely. Yeah. But I started praying. I started to call out for Jesus and 
I basically was like, if, if you are, if this, if you are real, like I'm ready to throw everything out the window for you Mm -hmm. because I don't want to be without you. Mm -hmm. And I was so humbled. I really realized fully in that moment that I cannot do this alone. Mm -hmm. And I had been trying to for so long and I tried everything. Mm -hmm. I really felt like I was out of resources. I had tried everything you know I poured my heart out that night and kind of next thing I knew I was waking up the next morning but I shot right out of bed that morning and the first thing I did was I just fell into tears Mm -hmm. because all my life I had always woken up with some sort of pit in my stomach some sort of heaviness in my heart and it was gone it was just totally gone and I had never experienced what I had what I was feeling in that moment it was like this peace like I had never felt before and it was not like these fleeting moments of bliss and and joy Mm -hmm. that I would get after you know in my own journey and after I'd put in a lot of work and it was always fleeting. Whatever I got out of what I put in, it, it never lasted. Mm-hmm. But this was totally different. It was so rock solid and lasting and it was unmovable. Yeah. And it was just in such a deep place within me. And it was the calm in the middle of a storm. Mm-hmm. And the relief that I never thought that I would actually feel in this life. Mm-hmm. And... I burst into tears because it was so apparent to me that this does not this was not coming from anything I had created mm-hmm. but it was Christ. Mm-hmm. And it was because I had finally humbled myself to receive him. Mm-hmm. And my life was completely turned upside down. Completely. It was that was kind of the beginning of this unfolding of events where everything I had created kind of fell apart everything that I thought I knew to be true was gone it just it was totally gone my whole identity was gone Mm -hmm. and um it was the starting over it was literally being reborn the person I was up until that point was dead Mm -hmm. like she was she just wasn't there anymore and there's no way I could turn back and it was the most beautiful and it has been the most beautiful and humbling journey and walk and yeah and and here I am I mean basically about a month later I moved home I kind of just spent all my time alone from that point forward and I just was with him Mm -hmm. and he was just walking me through everything I I didn't know you know where I was gonna go what I was gonna do eventually he you know told me that it was time to go home it was such clear guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on a plane five days later. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my last, my life for the last year and a half, I just closed it off. Mm-hmm. I, I gave away all my things and I just left. And I'm so glad that I did. Mm-hmm. And here I am. Yeah. So how has it been, like, now that you've come, come to church a few times, how do you feel? Mm. It's been it's been so great and again so humbling Mm -hmm. um because yeah when I first went through my conversion I 
was like, okay, but no church. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like yeah, I want to be with you and, you know, I'll do everything, but I'm not interested in church. I'm not interested in religion. I just want this to be about me and you. Mm -hmm. And what's, and once again, you know, the most unexpected thing has occurred and I found myself (laughs) attending church again. Mm -hmm. And, and it's still just about me and him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess I just got to the point where I was just hungry for more I just wanted more experiences with him so I went to church just because I know everyone else wanted that probably too it's been yeah it's been really humbling and so so healing to be surrounded by people who also love Christ Mm -hmm. and not being alone Mm -hmm. in that like I was in Thailand yes yeah that's awesome. Mm. Would you mind, because I, I asked you about your tattoos mm. previously. Would you mind just explaining each of those? Sure. <laughs> yeah, so let, let me think. I think I've got maybe around 10. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I think it was the first time I went to church or maybe the second time. And I, the first ward I attended was... Um, with my sister's family who live in this tiny, tiny town in Idaho Mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere. And, um, it just couldn't be your more like cliche farmland, (laughs) conservative, Mm -hmm. sweet, like little house on the prairie type (laughs) community. And I was, you know, showing up and I had tattoos on my arms Mm -hmm. and it was really interesting because I was sitting in the back row and, um, some man went up to to speak and this didn't have anything to do with his talk but he basically shared that while he was on his mission i think it was his mission president have had sleeves tattoo mm-hmm. sleeves on his arms mm-hmm. and the first time he saw them he was kind of startled because mm-hmm. it didn't match who he you know the personality of the man and yeah he felt and um he was like i have no idea why i feel like sharing this but i just wanted to say that basically don't judge a book by its cover Mm -hmm. and that we live in this small town and we're not exposed to a lot but (laughs) there's so much more to people than the outward appearance the the outward appearance and I started crying because it was a little bit yeah it's been kind of strange to go back to church and be the one who's covered in tattoos Mm -hmm. I didn't realize I needed to hear that Mm -hmm. and it kind of helped me to settle in and and relax into Mm -hmm. that experience of being in that position Mm -hmm. i I, i've since kind of i went through this period where i was like wow maybe i wish i didn't have these tattoos and now i've come to really appreciate that i I feel this gives me an opportunity to connect with people on both ends perhaps and to it kind of tells my story without Mm -hmm. me having to say anything Mm -hmm. so my tattoos. Um, the first tattoo I, I that I got um, on my arm, it says, kiss the earth. Nature is everything to me. I love um, the earth so much. It's, it's basically just meant to remind me, remind us of this important, the importance of having an intimate relationship with nature. Mm-hmm. I've got a sun and my, a sun and a moon on my arms, which represent balance and the light and the dark the positive and the net and the negative mm-hmm. the day and the night mm-hmm. and um the purpose of both mm-hmm. 
the lessons and the need, the necessity for both Mm -hmm. to learn. Mm -hmm. I've got an hourglass on my arm, which is basically meant to remind me to be present. It's um, often I feel I never have enough time or I'm running behind or I'm thinking too much about my past or projecting into the future and I'm just not here, which if I'm not here, I can't hear God's voice. Mm -hmm. And so... I've got this hourglass and basically when I when I look in the mirror it's it's full of time and also time is stopped Mm -hmm. and it helps me kind of step out of the the framework of time and and that mindset and just be here and now yes I've got um I surrender on my legs which is kind of funny um because like I said that that night when I was praying to Christ and to God it felt like it was the first time I truly surrendered in my life, mm-hmm. even though I've, I'd had this tattoo for maybe three years mm-hmm. and surrendering and this I, concept of surrendering has always been a really foundation, foundational element of my spiritual path. Mm-hmm. And now I understand what it really means to surrender to God's will for my life, mm-hmm. to, to carry my cross. It's interesting how... A little bit, my tattoos have taken on new layers of meaning. Yes. Let's see. I've got a spiral, a spiral on my foot, which it, it represents eternity. Mm-hmm. I feel that we are always moving in one direction. Either mm-hmm. we're moving closer to God, we're moving further away from God. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's on this eternal timeline. Mm-hmm. I would say you could even step outside of time um, entirely, but yeah it's it's either we're spiraling upwards or we're falling downwards yeah away from him i've got on the same foot um it says human which i got the very right when i arrived in bali um same time i got this spiral it just brings me back down to earth it's partly why i got it on my foot to mm-hmm. remind me of that i'm human that mm-hmm. i'm imperfect and also that i'm not perfect mm-hmm. and um it kind of helps me to stay humble but also, yeah, reminds me that it's okay that I'm human. imperfect. Yeah. And I'm, I'm human. Mm-hmm. There's a beauty in the, the rawness of that. Yes. Um, I've got Corona Arch on my, on my back because Moab is such a special and sacred place to me. Mm-hmm. The sword I got, um, I write music. I haven't really made music in a while Mm -hmm. but um the first song I ever wrote was called a girl is a sword Mm -hmm. which I wrote to touch on the power of a woman Mm -hmm. and to reclaim that power I have divine on my chest Mm -hmm. which is not just an announcement that I know who I am and where I come from but it's also meant to be a mirror Mm -hmm. for everyone else around me Mm -hmm. You cannot embrace my divinity or deny my divinity without either embracing or denying your own. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of a reminder of that and Mm -hmm. hopefully something that kind of stirs people awake when they're just living, getting caught up in the ordinariness of life. Yeah. Seemingly ordinariness. Mm -hmm. Is that a word? Ordinariness? (laughs) I don't know. Sure, we'll go with it. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's so beautiful, though. I love that they all have something so significant about mm-hmm. you. Um, Thank you. I I don't know if you've heard of the term consecration. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, I always ask my guests, what does it mean to you to consecrate your life to Jesus Christ? Or I guess in other words, like to dedicate your life to mm-hmm. him. For me, it it's radical surrender, giving it all up for him. And that looks different for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think it also looks different day to day and moment to moment. Mm-hmm. For me, it's making him the center of everything I do. Mm-hmm. I've, I, I feel that if I'm not doing something to worship God in some way, whether it's making art or working or cooking a meal, if he's not the center of that, then whatever I'm doing is like a, a way of distracting myself from the pain of feeling void of his presence. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. No, yeah, that makes sense. So it's, it's um, yeah, making him the center of everything I do and the reason Mm-hmm. for everything that's so beautiful i mean i love that earlier you described that you literally left everything behind in thailand because mm-hmm. i think that is that's just a perfect like illustration of what consecration is mm-hmm. that you gave up what you wanted to do what, what heavenly father wanted you to do mm-hmm. so you're just so awesome thank you so so yeah. much for coming on the podcast i really appreciate you and i've I've just been so blessed to know you in the short time that I have known you. So, yeah. Thank you. (laughs) So, so happy to be here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For my listeners, I just want to add that I love that I have had the chance to go to my YSA ward with Larkin a couple times because everyone wants to talk to her because she's just so cool. And the fact that I'm friends with her makes me feel so much more cool. I just love her. She's been so sweet. She is so easy to get along with. She is always talking to people and reaching out to them. And she's just so amazing. She's so pure. She has such a beautiful spirit about her. Thank you so much, Larkin, for coming on. And thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, leave a rating or comment to make the podcast more visible. And if you know of any guests that I should have on my podcast, please message me on Instagram at consecratingpod. And I hope to see you next time. 